Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, welcome to another episode of the Walking Up Podcast. I am joined today by a special guest, Tyler Gillies from the Milwaukee Brewers uh, Farm System. Tyler, how you doing, man? I'm doing pretty well. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I know this has been something in the works for the last couple uh, last couple weeks here, so I'm glad we yeah. finally got a chance to to sit down and talk about uh, your story, about baseball, how everything's going on. Um, I'm here in, in Syracuse on a work trip for a week, so I'm like, what, what better time? I have nothing else to do uh, except yeah. drink crappy hotel coffee and, and, and talk to people. So I figured this, this is the best time. So uh, what have you been up to, man? Not a whole lot. Uh, after Christmas break, I've kind of been slowing down my work uh, and just been focusing on baseball, trying to get back into the shape I know I need to be because I leave for Arizona on the 17th, so next week. And then it's back to it, baseball full-time. So I'm excited to get going, but not a whole lot going on besides training. We got a couple feet of snow outside, so not much to do out there. I wish I'd be out golfing right now, but that will have to wait to Arizona. Yeah. Oh, in Arizona, like they're all golfing right now. Like the weather's yeah. perfect out there. Yeah, that's what Robbie Hitt's been telling me. I got to bring my uh, clubs down so we can get out there. So excited for that. Yeah. So you, you mentioned you're done working. Um, I know you and I have talked about this, so, but what did you do for your, while you haven't been playing baseball for a little bit longer than maybe the average, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and we'll jump into that, but uh, what have you yeah. been doing for you, like your job? Like, what is your, what do you do? So for the last three years, I've been doing uh, substitute teaching. So uh, I got my degree from UBC and had a minor in education. Um, so there's a big shortage of teachers right now. So looking for people who have experience in education and teaching, coaching, which for me, mm -hmm. so I got into that a little while ago and I, uh, I think I'm going to probably be a teacher at some point, um, maybe after the baseball career is over, hopefully not for a while. Yeah. A long time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I've been doing that kind of supplying for all different grades. I think I've done everything from you know, kindergarten all the way up to grade 12 physics. So, oh man, um, yeah, I've been doing that. Uh, really enjoy it. It's been a great experience. And it's perfect for this. I can supply up till about this time of year and then head off for baseball. That's incredible. Yeah. So I was telling you, I used to be a teacher. So I taught second grade for two years in San Francisco. Um, loved it. Absolutely love teaching. That grade is about the perfect grade for me. Second, third, fourth. I've done middle school, like subbing, like before I was a full-time teacher, like I can't yeah. do middle school. Like that, <laughs> that age group is just something about it. Like, yeah. like half of the kids like play with Legos. The other half of the kids think they're the coolest thing in the world. It's just a weird dynamic. Yeah. I'm a big fan. I actually really like teaching kindergarten, grade one, grade two would start to be about the last grade. I really like to teach in that lower level. Mm -hmm. And then like grade seven eight up into high school i really enjoy it's those middle grades when they start to get a little bit of an attitude going on yeah. that's when i uh i try and avoid those placements i love kindergarten they're just all they're just there for fun <laughs> it's a great time yeah my uh so i actually come from a family of all teachers like my mom she's been a teacher since as long as i can remember 
my older sister is currently a teacher. My two younger sisters, they're also teachers. Uh, so like we all were teaching at one point, uh, various grades at various schools. Um, and so like, yeah, so teaching is just kind of like one of those things that like, I just was like, Hey, you should be a teacher because everyone in your family is a teacher. And it kind of comes natural. I think for all of us, I don't know, maybe just exactly, growing, yeah. growing up, watching my mom do it and all that. But uh, do you ever drop, you know, I'm a baseball player to these guys when they're kind of acting <laughs> up these middle schoolers, like, look, I don't need to be here. I'm a baseball player. Like, <laughs> I can leave. Um, it, I usually don't bring it up sometimes. Like our, Actually, my whole family is teachers as well. So, like, okay. all, a lot of the principals and teachers I work with know my parents and kind of heard of me. Um, so, I, they kind of drop it on the class. Like, oh, you've got a baseball teacher teaching you today or a baseball player teaching you today. Um, so, that's when that comes up. And then sometimes I'll have kids like I coached before in, like, the older grades. Uh, so, they'll know me. But I try and keep it on the down low. I remember – one time I'm trying to think of the grade it was probably grade five class and the principal knew me and came in told the class and these kids spent like our entire we had a period in the library and they were print finding pictures of me printing it off and having <laughs> me sign it in the middle of school I was like uh, we're not learning a ton today if you're just figuring out how to use the printers but yeah it was kind of funny so I try to keep it on the down low sometimes um if I'm looking for like uh, something to kill time, I'll have them guess what my other job is. And none of them usually get it. But if somebody does get it, I'll give them like a baseball card. <laughs> That'll be their prize. So Yeah. yeah. So look, looking at you, what do they normally guess? Like what are their, what's their go-to guess that what the kids think you, that you do? Ooh, uh, I've heard everything. <laughs> 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 um, I've actually... I've been called a golfer a few times. Like, do you golf? Uh, it's like, I wish that was my job. That would be a great job too. Yeah. Um, I've heard plumber. Uh, some kids just say teachers because they just don't understand that some right, you right. can have multiple jobs. Exactly. Um, lifeguard. A lot of people think I'm a lifeguard. Uh, I used to do that a while back, but um, yeah, I've heard heard it all. Like, they'll guess everything. <laughs> wow. That's incredible. I would flex so hard. That's why I'm not. That's why I don't have the skills that you have. Because like I would be at teacher conferences. Like, look, your kid isn't focusing. Like, no. do you know who I am or what I would be doing? No, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm. I kid. I kid. But that's they incredible. all got the technology now, though. So you tell them that they're all on their phones right away, searching that's you true. up, and they know everything yeah. about you like that. <laughs> that is so true. That is so yeah. true. They know the good, the bad. Like they know your exactly. stats. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, that's incredible. Terrible. Try not to let them know at least too early in the day. Sometimes yeah. at the end of the day. But. So um, let's talk about what got you into baseball before we kind of go in, in, any further. Um, when did you start playing baseball? And because I know you grew up in Canada, so yep. what? What was like? Did you always want to be a professional baseball player, or was it just something you did for fun? And when did you realize that you're pretty good at it? Yeah. Um... So I was kind of, I played all the sports when I was younger. Hockey, obviously, is huge in Canada. So I played hockey from, you know, probably the time I could walk, I was skating. Um, and then played baseball. Baseball was pretty early for me. I don't know really how I got into it. Like, my mom's a swimmer. My dad's a basketball player. So there was no, and my uncle's football. Like, there was no other baseball players in our family. Um, but me and my brother both got into it. I was the pitcher, more outfield at that time. He was a catcher. So it worked out really well when we were younger. 
Um, and then I did swimming, did uh, football. And I was always like, I was a very late bloomer. Like I was the shortest kid in my class growing up until about grade 10 and then sprouted like crazy. My dad six five, so I didn't even catch him, but like I knew it had to come at some point. Yeah. Um, so then high school, that's when like I started like realizing I had a really good arm, uh, like playing baseball, playing football, and uh, still didn't like the velocity really didn't come until probably grade 11. I don't think I hit 80 until the summer grade 11 into grade 12. And then I was like, okay, I'm pretty good at this. Um, so then stopped playing football. It's like, don't need to be taking those hits. I love football, don't get me wrong, but um. Yeah, quit hockey probably grade 11 time and really just focus on baseball there. Um, so I, cause I had a bit of a rush to, I was like, okay, I'm good enough to go somewhere with this. Mm -hmm. So I better figure this out and find out where I can go to school. Um, if I need to stay in high school for an extra year, do a, what we call a victory lap here. I'm not sure if that's a I've thing. Never heard, what is that? I've never heard of that. What is that? So it's some people like um, if you're done grade 12, like you can – do another year of high school if you haven't quite figured out what you want to do it's actually pretty it's pretty popular here for baseball guys because like you get so much less time developing here in Canada because well we got feet of snow out there baseball is not huge so uh you do an extra year get a little bigger physically stronger more time training um so I, that was an option for me but then yeah uh UBC ended up offering me a great one I had a couple other offers nothing huge but uh yeah when as soon as kind of grade 12 baseball was my focus and i always loved baseball i was more of an outfielder until high school and then i fell in love with pitching it's that kind of one-on-one -on -one fight mentality mm -hmm. and i lived for it <laughs> so i'm assuming you're a blue jays fan was there um any specific player that you really looked up to growing up that you uh, either pitcher or outfielder that you kind of wanted to mirror your like your career after oh holiday for sure Roy holiday yeah i can yeah. remember going to the, the sky dome back when before it was roger center uh watching him pitch it's he was just incredible to watch um vernon wells back then uh playing the outfield but yeah holiday for sure he was just like the consummate professional like just looked like he wanted to kind of kill you on the mound like yeah crack a smile like, staring everybody down um yeah for sure watching him with the blue jays and then watching him with the phillies it was uh he would definitely be someone i grew up watching admiring yeah so what's the process like then for like looking for universities or colleges were you considering any schools here in america and in, in the states or um, were any of them interested in you? Did you kind of do a tour of different uh, colleges and universities or maybe even considering like the JUCO route here in the States? Yeah. yeah so like I was saying, I'm, I was a very late into the baseball game. Like it was grade 11 summer that I was like, okay, I'm kind of good at this. I was playing house league baseball up to then like non-competitive. Like, it was just kind of fun. Uh, I probably shouldn't say that, you know, I'm sure it was competitive <laughs> for a lot of people back then. Um, but like, I didn't start playing like super like competitive tournament baseball until grade 12. Um, and then like, yeah, I started to throw pretty hard, not hard compared to now, but hard for back then. Mm -hmm. um, 
and a couple JUCOs offered me. Uh, that was kind of the first route, and that's kind of what my high school coach was pushing me towards. He wanted me to go to the States. He was a JUCO and then went D1, um, so he wanted to kind of push that route. Uh, I didn't know a ton about the JUCO scene, and I, both my parents are like highly – very highly educated people and were kind of mm. skeptical about going a junior college route. Mm. Uh, here in Canada, it's more like those colleges are like, like uh, you aren't getting, you aren't going from those to a four year. So it's very different here. Um, so there was kind of like a little bit of skepticism there. A couple uh, four years, like D2, a couple D1s uh, were talking to me not a ton going on there. And then UBC offered um, uh, major leaguer, Jeff Francis. Uh, yeah. He's kind of the main alumni there. He actually called me. Uh, we talked a bit uh, and I was like, okay, I'm going to UBC. I went, on, went out there for a tour. It's an incredible campus. I don't know if you've ever been to Vancouver no. in the West coast. It's uh, it's a pretty amazing place. You can go from, surfing drive a couple hours to up in the mountains to go snowboarding like it's uh i fell in love with that place very quick so yeah that's kind of where it all like really started like going uphill for baseball for me how, how is your baseball program because um i don't i don't know much about the scene over there in canada but yeah. um like is it pretty competitive uh there in the other universities uh, so UBC doesn't play any Canadian schools. We're all, we're in the NAI actually. Um, so, and then we play D2s and oh, now okay. we're playing a lot. In my last two years, we played some D1, like we played Oregon. Oh, okay. Uh, before the year after I left, they're playing Oregon state. So they've increased their competitiveness now, even though I think back then the teams were better than the teams they have right now. Nothing against those teams, but yeah, we had yeah. pretty stacked pitching um back then um but yeah so we play uh lewis and clark state is probably one of the better teams that we play there and they always have a bunch of guys drafted they host the world series for nai um so yeah it's only state schools a lot of a lot of bus rides uh we play a couple like uh exhibition games against canadian teams but it's not a super competitive loop that they have going on over there. Um, so yeah, we play those teams. We go down to California and Nevada um, for spring trips and yeah, so it's it's not bad. We, we always had really good pitching, uh, which was, it was great to show up there and suddenly everyone everyone's throwing harder than you and I was a freshman. Um, so we always get the, the guys kind of like me, late bloomers, freshman year aren't throwing overly hard, but by the time they're, third fourth year like there's a decent amount of guys who are either getting signed as free agents or getting drafted so that's yeah, not bad yeah so you, you mentioned your team was stacked with the pitching mm -hmm. um did anyone from that team get signed or uh, yeah. drafted that year or the following years yeah so my roommate curtis taylor was fourth round um he was by the dimebacks he's been around all over the place now he's just with the jays but then he got picked up in the rule five uh draft this year so i forget where he's at now he's at dimebacks rays jays and rule five somewhere now mm -hmm. um and then jeremy newton was a free agent signed with the brewers actually i think he spent a year or two at the brewers uh bruce yari was a hitter actually he was a cincinnati 
So we had we had a decent amount, especially my third and fourth year. We had mm-hmm. a lot of guys uh, end up going on to pro ball, which I think that that year might have been the most pro ball guys that UBC's had in a long time. Yeah, we get a decent amount of guys on to pro ball. That's incredible. So after college then, um, or during college, kind of toward the end of your your time there, yep. were, dra- were scouts looking at you, or what was that process like? Because you ended up not getting drafted. Mm-hmm. Um, were, or did you, did, they, did you know that kind of what was going to go on, or did you expect to get drafted? What was that kind of situation like? My third year, I uh, got a bunch of calls during the draft, and I was like going up to the draft. I'd mm-hmm. fill up like all the questionnaires and stuff because right, I was right. pretty good. I was uh, closing for the team at the time, throwing pretty hard. Um, so I, there was a part of me that was kind of uh, thought I was going to get drafted, especially like on the first day of the draft. I got calls in like the ninth and tenth round. I was like, oh, oh okay. wow. kind of yeah. out of nowhere for me. And then it just went silent after that. <laughs> so oh. not true, really, what happened? Um, and then my fourth year, I kind of made. I thought I needed to like, need to turn into a starter to get drafted, and that was not the right decision for me. Oh man, uh, not like I would probably. I throw hard for a couple innings and then die off pretty good. Yeah. Um, so that year, I kind of knew I wasn't going to get drafted, so I'd have to like, go to. I was went to Quebec to play indie ball, and then turn back into a reliever, and then that's when I figured some things out. Yeah, so you play for, I'm probably going to butcher this, Les Capitales? Yeah, Quebec City Capitales, yeah. Well, how was how was the indie league over there in, in, in Quebec? Honestly, it was incredible. Like, it was such a cool experience. Like, everyone kind of like, hates on indie ball sometimes. And I know there's some top indie ball leagues, but the Can-Am League where I played Quebec City, like, stadiums packed every day. They're loud. They love their baseball. Like, um, yeah, it was it was incredible. Like, I remember my parents coming there for the first time, and like, they don't they keep cheering the whole game. Like, it's never silent in a game. So, uh, and then uh, we played the New York Boulders. They have like an incredible stadium for a um, for an indie ball league. I'm pretty sure it's like a Mercedes sponsored stadium. <laughs> so, I was very lucky. I didn't really get down into the really low levels of indie ball so i was very lucky there and it was it was a great summer honestly would that's awesome and then the next year obviously 2019 you you play for a different you play for the brantford or so 18 you play for the brantford uh red sox is that in that same league or is that a completely no that that's a lot lower level league um i love my time there. don't get me wrong but it's uh that was only like a thirty something game, thirty six game schedule, whereas Quebec was hundred and something games. Um, that that was me kind of trying. Like I was almost gonna be out of baseball there because of Quebec something didn't work out, um, and I was kind of contemplating retiring. It's a bit of like a more nonchalant league. Like I was the hardest thrower in the league. Um, uh, it was fun, but. I knew, like, if I wanted to go somewhere, I had to go play in a better league than that. Yeah. So that's when I, like, when I decided, like, okay, baseball's not over for me. Um, yeah, that's where I left for to go to Seattle and train there and throw in their pro day. So that league is, um, it's an interesting league. That's the low levels of indie ball. Okay, 
Okay. Yeah, there's some interesting stadiums you play in there. What are what are some of the interesting stories that you have from that that league? Because I mean, I know like even in like JUCO schools and and even in the minor leagues, you get you play in these real small towns. Like yeah. I'm assuming that was sort of similar. Like do you, do you have any <laughs> interesting stories from fans or like just the stadiums that you played in? Yeah, so actually like, Toronto here, uh, Toronto's a massive city, but um, baseball not huge there outside of the Blue Jays. So they have this stadium that this team plays in the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like they just have the exact same name as the NHL team for some reason. Um, it's like a gravel field, like something you'd play on in like a low level high school league. No stands, just a big like berm, grass berm. And it's like, they say it's like 290 down the line, but it's more like two. Like it might be close to like 250. Like it's ridiculously short. Um, and like grown, these are grown men. <laughs> like yeah. they can hit it out there, no problem. Um, so it was a little, that park is ridiculous. That was the, that's the one park I can really think of that it's just like grown men should not be playing on this yeah. field. Were guys just launching home runs in? Yeah, uh, there's some there's some big boys in that league. Uh, a couple guys who played at higher levels and now are just working full time, and they'll come play in that league. And I remember, there's this one guy, Sean Riley, full time firefighter now, just massive human being, and he'll he'll launch the normal size stadiums, and he's just like poking them out. Like, oh. It was just ridiculous. That's incredible. Um, so you mentioned you went to to Seattle, and I'm assuming drive lines where you yep. were at. Um, how was that that situation going there, though? Because I mean, I hear, I see, like all over Twitter, we see the drive line and um, the flat ground app um, and all the things that kind of go along with it. What was that yep. experience like, and kind of how did that lead to you eventually signing with the Brewers? So yeah, I was after I like really like decided I'm giving baseball one more shot. I was just, so they have different uh, requirements to throw in the driveline pro day, which was my goal at that time. Cause if you throw in the driveline pro day, everybody sees you. Like you were talking about the fan graphs article. Like it's pretty, it's really good exposure. Um, and the requirements I think at the time were average 93 touch 95 in a video bullpen. And then we'll let you do it. Um, so I was just really trying to work on that. Uh, was pretty close. Uh, I think I was like just below there. So they were kind of, they were going to put me in. And then I showed up to drive on the first day. And like, if you haven't been there, the atmosphere is, and this is the old, old drive on building, which is a lot smaller than the one they have now. The atmosphere is just, it's an incredible atmosphere. Like it's this one cage, it's about three, three lanes wide. And then outside is a massive uh, like plyo wall area and then the gym. But like overall, the space isn't huge. And there's like 50 guys in there all just trying to throw as hard as possible. Um, my first bullpen there, uh, I remember I did like a couple step behinds through like 99, 100. And then people were like stopping what they were doing and coming to kind of watch. And like suddenly the pressure is just like, yeah. And so the adrenaline starts pumping and it was like the hardest I've ever thrown inside. It was like sitting 96, never thrown that hard in my life. And it's, and that, that was a hundred percent just the atmosphere of everyone like crowding around this small bullpen area watching. Yeah. And like guys, like there was, uh, like 
there's a bunch of minor league guys, a uh, bunch of major league guys were there, like Bowers there, Hoffman, Jeff Hoffman was there when I was there. Yeah, so the, the atmosphere is just incredible there. It's something else. <laughs> it's that's hard electric. to describe. Yeah, that's electric. So wh- what was the hardest he threw then that day? Uh, I was up to 97. 97, that's, that's incredible. Yeah, like I've never thrown that like hard indoors and just a bullpen in my life. And I was just like, the first pitch was like 96. I was like, okay, I might be yeah. throwing this pro day now. Yeah, uh, that's that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. It was, uh, yeah, drive on something else. Yeah, you mentioned that there are the professional baseball players there. Did you get a chance to interact with any of them, pick their brains, kind of um, maybe get some tips on how to not only improve as a baseball player, but like, as an athlete in general? Yeah, so on pro day, actually. So pro day is kind of happening, and the whole facility is closed down except for scouts, the people who are uh, uh, the people who are in the pro day and like just a small amount of other people. And we're back in the lab area, which is separate. And like, Joe Bimel is there, uh, Bowers hanging around, um, and so they're just all talking about like big league days and there's just a bunch of like us who are like free agents who haven't yeah. played even in the minors yet, uh, listening to these guys talk about their big league days. So it's, uh, it got you pumped up for sure and ready to go. Um, but yeah, listening to, yeah, uh, Joe Bimel, I remember talking about some stuff and just like, I think he was talking about his experiences in LA and it was, it was really cool to hear. Like I wasn't really, I was so like amped up for this pro day that I didn't really ingest uh, as much as I should have. Sure, sure. But uh, yeah, it was just so cool to hear them talk. No, that makes sense. Um, so that day, how long, or how long after that day did, did the Brewers reach out to you? Ooh, um, probably. So probably like, it was less than a week later, they invited okay. me down to Arizona to throw down there and kind of another little pro day. So they invited me and a couple other guys from driveline down. Um, and then we threw for them just, it was one day fly down, sleep in a hotel, throw for them, fly back to Seattle. Um, so I knew my pen had gone really well for them uh, down there. And I was like, okay, if that didn't get me it, mm-hmm. I don't know what will. And then, yeah. yeah, sure enough, the next day I got the call and it was just like, oh, wow, I'm doing it. <laughs> Called my parents. Uh, it was, yeah, it was pretty incredible. Yeah. So at, at that professional, at the pro day with the Brewers, then were you touching 97 there as well? And or yeah, how I, was- I never found out what I was doing there. I knew, like, <laughs> I know uh, the scout who uh, talked to me a bit afterwards uh, said my curveball is what got me. Uh, okay. Signed in the end because like like all the other guys are throwing hard. Everyone throws hard. Yeah, uh, nowadays everyone throws. Yeah, exactly. But I think uh, it was my curveball that day. I think they got me signed that day. They really stood out. Awesome, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, were there any other teams interested in you, or is it pretty much the Brewers? Uh, yeah, uh, Blue Jays were talking to me a bit. I had gone actually down to Rogers Center to throw for them, um, and they were talking about. Uh, signing me before that um, they were actually signing me they were talking about the year before sending me to Vancouver for the end of the year for a short season but that didn't pan out and then they were talking about me beforehand of before the Brewers signed me 
but that was pretty much it. The Red Sox a bit, but mostly the big, the biggest uh, one to actually bring me down was Brewers and like most concrete. One. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And when you got signed, like, and you took that first step and, you know, to becoming a big leaguer, um, mm-hmm. obviously after years of growing up and playing in college and then independent league and then that small league that you were in, um, what was yeah. that feeling like of just finally like um, taking that first step into being a major league player? Yeah, it didn't really hit until I landed back in Arizona for that spring training and you're just walking up to the facility and they got like the big uh brewer sign you're seeing the size of the spring training facility it was like holy this is this is it now like yeah uh, ubc has some good facilities now and like in my last couple of years but like even the first year i was there our hitting cage was just this oversized tent kind of thing um and then indie ball is nothing overly special like, quebec's awesome but like the facilities of when you actually show up to like spring training was just, it blew me away. It was nothing like I'd seen before really. That's awesome. So then yeah. you played um, one season or um, you threw 42 innings uh, for yep. the uh, Timber Rattlers at that time. They were, uh, it was, I guess it was low A at that point. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, it was low A at that time. Yep. Um, how was it playing in, in Wisconsin? It was awesome. Like Appleton, Wisconsin is such a cool place to play. Like that stadium's incredible. Like, uh, so I should say I showed up the first day I showed up, uh, cause I stayed a little extra time and extended spring training to kind of let more people see me and figure out where they want, what they wanted to do with me. Mm-hmm. And so I landed in Beloit, Wisconsin. So you see that place and it's like, Oh, okay. This is, this is minor league ball. It's a bit of an interesting little place. That's, that old stadium was a joke. The yeah. new stadium is nice from what I hear. Oh, no, that's good. Yes, they need to step it up a little bit. Um, you're saying the road dog in. Um, so then got back, getting back to Wisconsin, like Appleton, it's like, okay, this is what a nice stadium is like. Um, so yeah, it was Appleton, Wisconsin was awesome place to play. Like I enjoyed every minute I was there. Yeah, they're low, they're high A now, so they yeah. there was the adjustment and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so after the 2019 season, um, obviously 2020 was COVID, and then you uh, had to stop playing for like health reasons. Like, what was that whole situation like? And kind of what walked me through that? Yeah, so it was actually so the end 2019 season. I was back in Arizona for a little bit, uh, doing some extra work with the Brewers on uh, so for a pitch design thing. I came back home, was feeling fine. Um, October, I was starting to feel like a little off. I just had like a cough that wasn't going away. Um, November, I got started to get like a lymph node, started getting a little bigger. Um, and I was like, okay, this is weird. And I went to my doctor. She wasn't really sure what it was. Uh, so we did an ultrasound. And then a bunch of tests later, uh, actually not long after Christmas, found out I had uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma, uh, which I guess is a, it's a cancer of the lymph system. Wow. And uh, yeah, that was definitely hard first hearing just because they said just cancer at the start. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's not good. Um, wow. Kind of flipped everything upside down. But then I talked to the doc and 
I guess if you're going to get cancer, Hodgkin's lymphoma is the type you want. Like it's very, like very successful treatment usually. Um, and it's pretty quick. Like you can do four to six months for me. Mm -hmm. It was four months of chemo. Um, I was still like, I, when I got the call, like it was, they pretty much said, you're not going to play baseball this year, which would have been the 2020 season. Um, so that hit hard. Like, I was like, okay, well, now that might be my baseball career over. Like, going to get a little older. Um, what really, like, uh, Eduardo and Tom, our uh, farm coordinators, literally called me the day after my first appointment with the doctor and kind of just said, you don't need to worry about baseball. Like, worry about yourself uh, getting healthy. Your spot will be fine when you get back. So that definitely helped the whole thing. So I did four months of chemo. I uh, was given remission. Uh, everything I heard was that you're good. Like, this is it. It's a little road bump. By that time, the season was canceled. So I was like, I'm not missing anything. Mm -hmm. um, I can take my time, get ready for the 2021 season. And then August, I started to feel a little off again. So I finished the first rounds of chemo in May. Um, and scans were clear. Got another scan clear. And then August scan comes back, not clear. Wow. And, and that was, that was tough. Cause like the first chemo, everyone was saying like, you're good. Like it's going to be over. I was able to keep training through it. I was still like going oh, wow. bullpens and stuff through chemo. Like it was throughout fine. The whole, throughout your whole chemo, you were able to throw? <laughs> yeah. I had, I had a, uh, I was like bald throwing <laughs> uh bullpen, still throwing like pretty hard and like, I was getting through it. Like the first couple days after the chemo infusions, every three weeks weren't too bad. Um, so I was like, okay, this isn't going to affect me over it. Like I haven't missed a baseball season because COVID canceled it. And then hearing that it came back in August, that was like, that was really rough. Cause I was just thinking I'm going to be right back into it. Not going to be missing anything. Mm -hmm. And hearing the second, stage kind of treatment for lymphoma is a lot dicier so it involves a bunch more chemo up front get yourself into remission again and then you go through a stem cell transplant which pretty much is they take some stem cells out when you're clear and then give you just the strongest chemo possible that pretty much wipes out your immune system like you aren't producing your own blood um, you aren't producing your own blood anymore. You aren't producing anything. So if they didn't have those stem cells to give back to you, you die. Um, so it was, that was pretty rough. I had to stop wow. training everything. Like, uh, cause it was just like, I was in the hospital for 10 days. Wow. Uh, during that time, luckily it was, I started like, I'm still young and in pretty good shape. So I recovered pretty quick. Um, but and then ended up doing some extra immunotherapy for a while to make sure it was all gone give me the best chance uh so that finished up in june uh of last year uh was pretty still pretty out of it like was down to like i weigh usually around like 210 and i was down to like one in the 170s wow um but yeah it was uh it was a complete success like in Looking back, you know, it sucked, but you hear a lot more like horror stories about stem cell transplants. I was very lucky. I had 
incredible doctors and nurses and my family here was able to uh, help me through a lot of it. So yeah, since it ended, it's been, everything's been good. And now we're getting excited to head to spring yeah. training, <laughs> get back to a normal life. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So how, how soon afterwards were you able to kind of like pick up your throwing again and kind of build that, that strength back up? So immunotherapy is not too bad. So I was able to start like working out during that. So that, um, that would have been around like May, June. I started working out again, trying to gain some strength, some weight back. And then late June is when I first picked up a ball. Um, I was kind of, I just kind of went out to like this random field. I'm pretty sure it's a cricket field here because uh, they have some nets to throw into. And I was just going out like on my own. I was like, can I even still do this? Uh, and threw a couple balls and it was just, was out there on my own. It was just super nice uh, throwing again. So that's when I first started throwing. I was like, okay, I might be able to come back from this. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's kind of, it's been building up since then. <laughs> it hasn't definitely not been a smooth road back, not as smooth as I'd like, but uh pretty close to being back now yeah and you mentioned you're heading to arizona soon have the brewers been in contact with you at all like um is there sort of some sort of like game plan to kind of like ease your ease you back into things or what's what's going to go what's going on with that yeah like um well first yeah the brewers have been in contact this whole thing like they've been awesome yeah. like every every spring training i get like all the gear stuff they send yeah. it over to me which has been awesome um eduardo tom uh cam all have been texting me through this whole thing so uh, they've been incredible and they've kind of been seeing like how i'm doing kind of getting updates uh so yeah the first priority was just making sure i was healthy it was good and then it kind of turned to okay what's kind of the game plan to come back so kind of been seeing if i can get ready for a normal spring training so no like the regular report date for relievers march 3rd or something so I'm going down about two week, two and a half weeks early ish, um, just to throw a couple pens, make sure I'm ready to go for that. But yeah, it looks like I'll be good to go. We'll, we'll have to see. I I haven't faced a hitter since 2019. Haven't fielded the ball, so gonna try and get on a field before, so I don't look way out of my depth when i uh, show up. You'll you'll be fine, man. You'll be fine. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> that's, that's what I was talking. I yeah. was talking to my dad and I was like, I don't remember the last time I like uh, fielded a baseball. <laughs> like it's been a lot of throwing into nets and stuff, especially because like when I've really started ramping up here, we've had snow this whole time. So yeah. I haven't gotten outside, haven't barely played catch with somebody else. So it's going to be a big adjustment, but I'm just so excited to get back into baseball. Dude, I can't even imagine like, well, first of all, I'm not a baseball player like you. <laughs> just being away, being in it, and then away from it, um, and then having an opportunity to finally kind of start back in and get everything going again. Yeah. Um, do you know like where you're going to be starting? Um, do you know they'll bring you to? Because you were low A, so now that's uh, Carolina. Do you think that's kind of where they're going to have you start, or do you think you'll stay in Appleton, which is now high A? I honestly have no idea. <laughs> kind of right now, it's like, let's see what I've got. Let's make sure I'm where I need to be. Like, I'm going to be 
26 right now. So I think if things are going well, I have a feeling they're just going to throw me in the fire, see how it goes. And you know, that's kind of what they said. You're going to get the opportunity. So I just got to make the most of it wherever it is. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you this, man, if you're pitching in Appleton, that's about an hour 30 ish minutes from where I live. Like, let me know when you start. Oh, you should be relieving though. So it's, yeah. but I'll, I'll try to get a game. See, uh, see if we can get, catch you, catch you pitching here. Hopefully okay, we'll awesome. see you in the, uh, the major league soon. Cause then that's a shorter distance and I'll, I'll be there. If you're debuting in, in Milwaukee, <laughs> dude, that'd be electric. Yeah. Let me know. Like, you don't that have to. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I won't break it. You know, just kind of send me a text. Like, you know, it's on and I'll be like, all right, you know, let's do this. Like yeah. we're going to, we're going to head over there to Milwaukee. Watch you pitch, man. Yeah, it's been it's been pretty cool over the last few years seeing guys that were in the bullpen in Wisconsin with me making their major league debuts. Uh, Jake Cousins was up with the Brewers. Uh, Anthony Bender was with Miami. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ashby was up uh, a little yep, bit. Yep. It's, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> it doesn't seem like that long ago we were all in Appleton. Do you still keep in contact with uh, Ashby and all these other guys or no? Uh, I talk to Jake and Bender every once in a while. I haven't talked to Ashby in a long time, but um, yeah, I talked to the pen guys are out, yeah. kind of a separate thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I talked to Jake and Anthony a little bit. Yeah, I know Jake. Um, he had an incredible season last year with the Brewers. He I don't is know if you very good. He is like I remember watching his first pen. I was like, oh, okay, this guy's legit. <laughs> How is he let go from somewhere? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, it's wild. How they're both very oh, yeah? good. Yeah. I haven't I haven't watched too much of him. I'll have to check him. He's he's with Miami still. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he got a couple saves for them this past season. Like, yeah, he's somebody just a bowling ball sinker, like 95. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Wow. Yeah. Um, the Brewers are so good at evaluating talent um, mm-hmm. from other teams or guys who have been let go, uh, like Cousins and or you know independent ball like you. Yeah. Um, and so I know that like. They have that plan in place, yeah. and they have a really good pitching like system oh, uh, in development. Yeah, yeah. Like, talk- out of our bullpen in Wisconsin, like we had a lot of like free agent guys that were just good. <laughs> like yeah. Cousins, Bender, nasty. Like Pete Strzelecki, he was a free agent guy. He's he was up in Double A, probably getting gonna get a shot in Nashville this year. So yeah, it's just like not huge name guys, just do really well with the Bears. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. for sure. And like, I think, you know, like even like Hunter Strickland, who yeah. um, was a big league uh, closer, he won a world series with the giants and the nationals. And then yeah. um, kind of forgotten about him. And then he comes up with the Brewers and he had an incredible season um, with the Brewers. So like, I, I love how that the Brewers are, how they work, how they work and how the organization and front office. And yeah. they're so good at like evaluate, evaluating talent. Um, for before we go to, get off here, what are some maybe goals for you yourself? Obviously, health and and staying healthy. But uh, what are some like what are your goals for this season as as a pitcher? Uh, I want just kind of get back to where like the rhythm I was in back when mm-hmm. I was really having success in Wisconsin. I had figured out my curveball, um, and then went down to Arizona after that season. And they taught me a slider, so been working on that kind of on my own since then and uh i'm excited to give that i've never thrown a slider in a game but the analytics are apparently really good so (laughs) i'm excited to throw all that hopefully uh yeah move up as far as we can this year and then go into 
2023 as full off season again, get healthy and um, see what happens. That's awesome. All right. Hey, Tyler, I, I'm excited, man. I'm hyped to see what you do this season. Uh, hopefully you're in Appleton. Hopefully you're double A, like forget the Appleton, just jump right in there. That would be nice. <laughs> but if you are, <laughs> yes, yes. That's a little bit yeah. different. Uh, well, Appleton's a beautiful stadium, like you said. I like guess it's a oh, great yeah. place to play. It's just um, a little tough in April. It's a little chilly. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> that gloves is true. and toques going on. You're used to it, though, man. You're yeah, used to it. It is pretty. Yeah. yeah. And you're in Canada right now, right? You're, you're not you're not in um, uh, yeah, Washington in, anymore? No, I'm in uh, Ontario, Canada. Very cold. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's the same thing here in Wisconsin. Like I said, I'm in here yeah. in Syracuse in New York. It just hit. I think, we, I think there was 11 or 12 inches of snow like the day before I arrived here. So yeah. snow is everywhere, and I can't wait yeah. to get rid of it. I can't wait for baseball <laughs> to be back. Um, yeah. Hopefully this lockout ends, dude, because like I'm, I, I miss baseball. Like it's, it's weird. I always, I always think like, what did I do last off season to kind of like offset like baseball? And I, yeah. and it, I don't know. It's just something yeah. that I, I can't wait to see again. Yeah, it's always cool, even like just seeing like on MLB Network, seeing the spring training report dates and stuff. And now yeah. it's just like, oh, just waiting to minor league ones head down. Yeah, but minor league camp, everything's like good to go, right? They're just going to have yeah, everything so. run the same way. Perfect. Seems like it. Yeah. Good. Good. All right, Tyler. Hey, best of luck, man. I hope you have a great rest of your day, and uh, we'll, we'll talk soon. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks right, for having me. Absolutely, man. Talk to you later. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.